Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Well, it feels so good to be getting back into the regular swing of things. For those of you who may have missed it, I released an episode last week, just a really short one, explaining that I had a really bad back injury two weeks ago. And so I've been in kind of an acute recovery phase, having a lot of doctor appointments, getting a lot of different treatments to speed up the recovery process. And so getting back into so much of my regular routine, the podcast included. And before I get to today's guest interview with Dr. Herman, I have such an exciting announcement to share with all of you, which is that on Sunday, August 14th, I'm hosting my very first in-person event. This is something that I have had clients and friends pushing me to do honestly since the beginning of this year. And it's been on my mind and been on my heart and something that I have been so eager to put out into the world. But I knew it was something that I wanted to collaborate with someone else on, but I didn't know who that someone else was. And for anyone who's a regular of the podcast, you'll know that I interviewed Lindsay about vocal alchemy a few weeks back. And I actually went to one of her in-person sound baths out in San Diego back in June. I absolutely loved it. I was so enchanted by her ability with the sound bowls, but also her singing the vocal activations. If you missed that episode, I'll link it in the show notes. I highly recommend listening to it. But with all of that said, after attending her event, I just knew this was the person I wanted to have an in-person event with. She's so magical, but also grounded and intentional. And you really feel the purpose and intent behind what she does. And so I am truly ecstatic to be offering this event. It's going to be a guided meditation led by me with Lindsay doing her sound bowls and the vocal activations The prompts throughout the guided meditation are going to be focused on first helping us create a sense of safety within ourselves and then asking questions about how we might be on a daily or weekly basis unconsciously wounding ourselves and how we can take small steps to begin to be able to see ourselves better, hear ourselves better, protect and love ourselves better with really tangible steps or pivots we can make in our everyday life. Again, cannot wait to see you there. There are limited spots available. It's going to be held in Dana Point, California. For any clients who've been to my office, this is literally a street away. We could, I can walk there from my office. But I'm going to put all the information in the show notes with a link to learn more and a link to reserve your spot. So with that said, getting to today's interview with Dr. Lonnie Herman, we are talking all about 
bioresonance, bioenergetic testing, how Dr. Herman was studying so many different forms of functional medicine, functional lab testing, genetic testing, but he still was feeling like they weren't really helping him get to the root cause of his patient's illness. He'd see some progress, but not a ton. And so when he came across bioresonance and started utilizing this in his practice, he just was seeing profound shifts in his patient's well-being and recovery process. So we talk about bioresonance. We talk about the toxic burden on our bodies. One of the things he mentions in this episode is that he references a study from 2005 that children are born with, on average, 287 toxic chemicals in their body. And, and so we talk a lot about this toxic burden on the body and how that can lead to chronic illnesses of all different sorts. Dr. Herman notes that he really sees most illnesses coming back down to two core things, which is either pathogenic infections or pollutants, toxic overload from pollutants. And so he talks about how he helps clients address those two different facets. This was such a great episode. You guys know I have bioenergetic testing that I have done in my practice. I've also interviewed several other bioenergetic practitioners, Christy and Don, where we were talking all about parasites. Again, I'll link that interview in the show notes. I think it's this is where medicine is going. And it's so fun to get to interview doctors who are so committed to learning more and integrating the latest information and technology into their clinics. So please enjoy this interview with Dr. Herman. Dr. Herman, welcome to the Accrescent Podcast. Hello. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, allowing me on here and, and taking the time with me. It's great to meet you. It's going to be so fun. I love having health talks. A lot of my show is the emotional stuff as we were talking before we started recording, but I love being able to have doctors on who are coming at it from a more functional, integrative, energetic approach, which I'm sure we're going to get into all of that. But before we do, whatever you feel is pertinent for us to know about you before we dive into this conversation, I'll invite you to go ahead and share. Okay. Uh, I have, I've realized over time with my work that all different pain disorders and all different, even psychological mood disorders and, and uh, different types of uh, diseases of the body, whether other autoimmune disease, cancers, and so on, I've learned over time with a lot of postgraduate studies in many different fields, and I'll get to those fields in a moment, that all these diseases are driven, truly driven by infections and toxins that get deeply embedded in the tissues of the brain, of the heart, of the thyroid, of the kidney, of the lymph, of the muscle, the bone, anywhere in the body. And when we can literally help the patient, help the person get rid of these different infections and toxins neutralize the viruses, get rid of certain things like vaccines and, and, and so on. And I'll even mention more, a list of different toxins that I commonly find in people. When we can get rid of these from the body or help the person get rid of them from the body, the disease disappears. And so uh, that's, that's really what I'm all about, is finding these hidden root causes of the disease of the person and helping them to safely and effectively rid them from the body 
naturally, naturally, no drugs used and no meds used. And, uh, and we see people really start to, um, it's the body coming back to life and the brain coming back to life. And it's quite fascinating. Yeah. Were you always, were you in that integrative world from the star or if not, what was the thing that really clicked for you? Uh, something I'll tell you many years ago when I was, when I'll just go back to my childhood, my grandfather on my mother's side, he had a stroke. He couldn't speak. He couldn't move his arm, couldn't move his leg. And in a few years after the stroke, uh, he gave up and he was very depressed and angry and he died when I was, when I was very young. And then, uh, uh, my, that same grandmother, her, she got remarried when I was about 15 years old. He was a wonderful man. They had a wonderful time together for the next 15 years. Unfortunately, he died when I was 30, right after my 30th birthday. He had Parkinson's. He had a lot of the top doctors, supposedly a quote unquote top doctors in the top hospitals and the right medications. And within three years of his diagnosis, he with uh, without getting too much into it it was very hard to watch how he decayed so rapidly and he passed unfortunately uh from early on in childhood i, I just had kind of a knack of therapy with people uh i don't know it was just a natural inborn thing and um but my mother told me when i was a kid you got to pick something doctor dentist lawyer pick one and that's your direction okay i'll pick one so my older brother hurt his back and uh, at some point when I was like 14 years old and I, he couldn't move, chiropractor, chiropractor, first time he never heard of one, helped him uh, literally stand and walk again. And um, so we were into physical fitness, always working out, running, the gym, karate, mountain biking, all those things. And we just picked, we called the chiropractor a doctor. So that's what we picked up. So all that I, I had nothing else to base that choice of a profession on. But I'll tell you, once I came out of chiropractic school, I realized that the philosophy they taught us that all it took was the chiropractic adjustment was the only treatment that people needed to fix their asthma or fix their headache or fix their pain in their body. I realized it wasn't so true. There was only one tool that was available to a practitioner if they learned how to use that tool, but the tool being the chiropractic treatment. But it wasn't, it wasn't really helping people rid the different pains. It wasn't, and especially I didn't see cancer disappear. I didn't see blood pressure come down. I didn't see all the migraines disappear. I didn't see, or even decrease. I didn't see fibromyalgia go away. I didn't see lupus or I wasn't seeing any of these other diseases that people had uh, get better. So it was after a couple of years of back in about 19, I was first licensed in 99, but it was probably in the early, very early 2000s. I realized, you know what, this, there's something more to this body that I've got to figure out. And I went back to school for, I was just, I was not satisfied. And that was it. It just kept driving me because I want to get people better. And the only thing that matters to me is giving them the results of what they're really looking for, right? To see their disease disappear. And there was disease. I always, I always had a strong feeling, a strong belief that there was something that caused the disease. So I went back to school for functional neurology. I went back to school for neurochemistry, neuroimmunology, endocrinology, GI disorders, thyroid disease, developmental disorders of the human brain, like the autism spectrum, ADD, and attention deficit disorders. I went back to school for movement disorders or the Parkinson's type of condition. I went to school for alternative cancer treatments. I shouldn't call it cancer treatment, but treating the person to help them right? Resolve the disease yep, yep. in Rome. Let's put it that way. I went, uh, I studied really in depth about uh, uh, disease of the teeth, the dental work and the connection to disease of the brain and the body and the organs and the glands and the lymph and the bone and everything. And um, something that was really interesting in the, in the immunology program, the PhD in immunology had uh, presented to us 
that there, the, all these uh, papers from uh, research papers from laboratories around the world, whether scientists were not funded by drug companies, say that the drug was the answer for the disease, right? So he presented his papers where they showed what, I'll just say that the conclusion of all these different research papers were that it was the infections and the chemicals that were in the tissues that made the disease of lupus or rheumatoid arthritis and so on. So I, I had a conversation after that course and I was fascinated. It opened my mind a lot. And I'll tell you, right at that time, I was taking functional medicine courses as well and applying that in my work, which I don't do anymore. I understand it from running different laboratories. Uh, but in any event, I'll tell you that the immunologist, I called him, I thanked him so much. It was wonderful. Thank you for sharing all this insight. And you really opened my eyes and my mind as to what's driving the problem. But let me ask you, driving the, the disease. I said, you know, you put up a, a, a this animation uh, type of, uh, if you will, a meme, so to speak, on the you know, on, on the slide in front of us, on the on the screen in front of us, and it showed somebody having that mercury filling from their tooth was dripping right down to the thyroid. I said, if the mercury from the tooth is on the thyroid, and that's what made the Hashimoto's or a slow-functioning thyroid or hyperthyroid disease occur, how am I going to find that? Because in this program, I'm learning about running stool testing and gluten testing and and antibody testing, and I'm running, you know, hair tests and urine tests for heavy metals and all these different things. And I was like, well, I'm not going to find if there's, how do I know if there's dental mercury on the thyroid? How am I going to find that? He said, well, you're not with these laboratories. And I said, well, what do I do? He said, well, now at least you know there's, it's there. So now you can start to go on your journey and figure out how you're going to find that because the laboratories are not going to tell you, and you're not going to be able to run a biopsy on a patient and send it off to a lab and say, is there dental mercury on the thyroid. So that's what really started my, that, and, and with dissatisfaction, even with the functional medicine and with even just general, once I learned muscle testing, I wasn't seeing every patient with lupus or fibromyalgia or Hashimoto's thyroiditis or diabetes. I wasn't just seeing it all disappear. So I had to just keep on. I didn't have to, I chose to just keep on learning, you know, and right, with right. You, speaking with you and, and hearing what, what you're, I haven't heard your whole journey, but there's some progress that you've made in trying to figure things out. So I think you understand where I'm coming from. It's, it's about getting the sick person well. That's all that matters. So, And that continual education is so critical because we, I think sometimes we trick ourselves into going, oh, we've discovered it all. All there is to know about the human body, at least I think that is a little bit of what's going on in conventional medicine sometimes. And I just always think about, look, when you were, whoever was doing their MD program, the studies you were reading were probably 10 years old at the time already. And now you're 20 years out of your MD and you haven't looked at a research article since. How much has changed? But also taking those research articles with a grain of salt, knowing all that's going into them, especially here in the US. So it's, you know, it's nuanced and it's tricky, but I always have so much respect and I look to work with and interview practitioners who are regularly learning and have that commitment to learning. With that said, your journey to find a way to measure things like that mercury in, or heavy metals in the thyroid, mm -hmm. where did that lead you? Uh, to where I am now. And, and, and I'll tell you, in, in the journey, it was, it was definitely difficult because once I saw, I'll tell you, going back to that conversation with that immunologist, I was doing all the functional medicine. I was running all these different laboratories. Like people would spend over $2,000 in laboratories that were most of them not covered by the insurance companies that they had by their policies. And, and so when somebody came in with a bloating problem or somebody came in with a, 
a pain uh, problem and I couldn't with a full neurological examination and full series of laboratories of all the gluten testing and food testing and the and the genetic testing we we're running and the and the MTHFR gene testing and the and, and it was like the big thing at the time and the um and hair analysis and urine analysis and looking for different infections in different ways and and there were some people where the labs came back negative no leaky gut they didn't really have a gluten problem or if they did they went off gluten and there wasn't a physical change in weeks or months after getting off gluten so i um i i i what i thought was a joke many years ago when i say joke i looked at it like it was kind of like what are those people doing the muscle testing yeah. and i went to a practitioner who does some alternative cancer type of healing work and he did a muscle test on me and i was like how the hell did that happen how did i just go weak when i touched what what was that that was real so then i went and took a course and muscle testing. And I just started getting into that. I really dove in real deep. When I want to know something, I dive in deep and I want to know it. I want to own it. I want to be a black belt at it <laughs> possible. And so I did the muscle testing uh, and uh, with different herbs and different types of uh, oils and different tinctures. And I was seeing that there was improvement with people with things that I could never, I never would have achieved before with all the different laboratories and all the different whatever, all the other antioxidants and supplements of various kinds, the muscle testing really gave me a, a deeper insight into what I could uh, offer a person and see the changes that would happen in person. Really, we were seeing some pretty amazing things, uh, pretty like disease leave the body that was, was pretty incredible. Yet still, there were too many pieces of the puzzle that weren't being answered because there were some people where we could do, and we were also at the time with that, when I got into the muscle testing, we were doing the Rife machine. You've heard of that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I wasn't really seeing the change that I thought. I, I liked the idea, the frequency. Really, I, I let's just say I bought into that, uh, but I wasn't really seeing the, the 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 relief of the disease for the person. I wasn't seeing just symptoms of lupus just disappear. I wasn't seeing uh, blood pressure come down. I wasn't seeing asthma go away and neuropathy, nerve pain problems. I wasn't seeing it go away. So I started just blending over time, just working with people. I started blending different things together uh, of, of different ways of testing the nervous system and testing uh, the um, with different supplements and with muscle testing and testing different samples that I obtained of different types of organisms like a virus or like Epstein-Barr virus or influenza or strep bacteria or molds and uh, Lyme disease. And um, and I started to focus as other practitioners were talking about, everything is heavy metals. And then I saw that wasn't the case. Everything was Lyme disease. That wasn't totally true. Everything was candida. That wasn't totally true. Uh, and and so I, I, I just realized over time that there was different layers. You might've heard that saying, you know, layers of different infections and toxins to really get to the, you know, removing the, the cause is not one root cause, get rid of the root causes. And then I had to figure out the priority way of, of, of what's first in the body, what's second in the body. I stumbled upon this work that these biophysicists uh, had discovered about frequencies, which you're familiar with, and frequencies of the organs and tissues of the body. And every part of the body has its own frequency. And every, every gland is different. There's a prostate in a man and a thyroid in a man. They're both glands that make hormones, but they have different part, they're in different parts of the body, different hormones. What biophysicists discovered is that they have different frequencies in those tissues. So I have samples 
what they were able to do is, I don't know if you've heard or any of your listeners have heard about water, energy and water, memory and water. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I have. I mean, I'm not sure about the listeners, but yes. So, yeah, if they go and look at work from Dr. Emoto, you've heard that, like he said, happy to water and froze it and looked at it. And it was a certain kind of snowflake of what happy looked like in the imprint of water. Or if he said, I hate you to the water every single time it looked identical, but it never looked like happy. People can look up online. Your any of your listeners can look up Dr. Emoto water memory online and they'll see pictures of what the water looked like when he spoke different emotions of so peace, tranquility and and so on. When he spoke those different emotions to the water, he was able to see that the, the, the positive emotions, there was a beautiful picture under the microscope and the negative emotion coming from the same water sample, it looked like a disgusting mud-like sludge kind of gross appearance. So anyway. Almost pathogenic. Almost pathogenic, exactly. So we can drink a positive water, we can drink a negative water, and we don't want to drink negativity and we don't want negativity coming in us yet. You know, it, it's just, um, I realized more and more about the frequencies and tying it together with Rife's if that was real true about Rife, about Rife's work, Emoto's work. And then I found with these biophysicists how they, they were saying that because Emoto talked about we can imprint that emotion into the water and he was able to study it on the microscope and he proved that many times. And so again, there's proof online about that. What these biophysicists were saying back in the 90s is that they could make remedies, homeopathic type remedies by imprinting the energy, the frequency of the infection, that the, like a strep throat, for example, they can imprint the strep frequency in the water and give a drop of that frequency of the strep of that infection in the water, give it to the patient who had the strep throat, and it was ridding the strep infection or the symptoms thereof from the strep throat infection. So fast forward to this now, uh, we have samples, I have samples of all different parts of the body. So I have vials of the energy imprint of let's say the thyroid gland or the parathyroid gland or the prostate or the ovary, the fallopian tube of the uterus and, and the heart and the valves of the heart and the lungs and you name it from head to toe, the skin, the hair follicle, different parts of the brain, blood vessels. So I have these samples and I started doing work with, and I have a lot of samples of different molds and viruses and parasites and all, you name it, of all different types of infectious uh, infections that cause disease as well as toxins. And again, I lost what your question, your exact question was, but uh, it, it just uh, over time of trying different things, I, I, I saw this work and uh, and tried it. And it took I've been at this now for probably about nine years working at it and getting better and better and better with it. And we're seeing amazing results for people providing the remedy of that infection or toxin that's in the tissue of the body. Mm -hmm. And I think the original question was, right, you were talking with that immunologist going and going, yeah. how can I test for this? And he was saying, yeah, you've got to figure that out. And so yeah. is it a type of bioenergetic testing that you're doing now? Sure, it is. And I went with different machines and I tried. And for me, just for me, it wasn't because uh, I learned about EMF, or, you know, about electromagnetic fields. Oh, yeah. right? So I learned about that. And then uh, I, I, what I, one of the things I realized at least I, I was believing in, and I think I found to be true, is that there are different things that can block the reading, getting mm -hmm. the right reading. Uh, so yeah, but bioenergetics, that's basically bioresonance testing. That's that's a basic general understanding of it. Yeah. You said so many things there. I want to, hmm. one of which is, yeah, you were talking about, I tried this and it wasn't quite healing people. I tried this and it wasn't quite healing people. And I've seen this, unfortunately, also a lot in the integrative functional alternative medicine world where oftentimes we jump on one thing where I think we tend to be very like 
black and white in our thinking sometimes. Or you were saying like, it's candida. Candida is what's causing everything. That's kind of what some people were saying. Or it's Lyme's disease. Lyme's what's causing everything. And I think the reality for us in this day and age is it's usually a combination of things. And so it can be really misleading if the messaging you're receiving from someone is, oh, you have candida. If you clear candida, everything's going to be good. But there's deeper questions there of, for example, one, why was the internal environment of my body such that candida could thrive? That's a bigger question. If we just try and kill the candida, it's probably just going to come back if we haven't addressed the root cause of even why that's there. So as you said, it's layers upon layers. Um, so I'd love to hear, I think one of my original questions was that I haven't asked yet is, yeah, what are some of the chronic illnesses that you're commonly working with? And then some of the common pollutants and pathogens that you're seeing are regularly coming up as key key players, really? Um, before I answer, and I'm, I want to answer that, <laughs> I don't know, uh, you know, we're in, in the past two or so years, what we have going on in this world, right, with COVID and and the other thing that they've introduced to the world. So I don't know how much I can say right now. Sure. Okay. So, but I will tell you um, the kind of diseases that we're finding, uh, even I'll, I'll just say this, that we have, we believe that we have a sample of that virus and we're able to make a remedy of that as well. And so we've seen people in the past two or so years who've had terrible symptoms from just stomach pain that was unbearable pain, or they had nerve tingling from like face, head to toe and burning in the body really rapidly alleviated by giving the remedy of that, of that virus. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm talking within minutes, in some cases, just within minutes of taking the remedy uh, without even doing any of the treatment for them. Just one drop one time and the stomach pain was gone or the nerve pain in the body was gone with a terrible fatigue or headache or the, it was just gone. Pretty incredible. Um, but what I'm finding, uh, so people, the kind of diseases I work with uh, and there's various of symptoms with, with, conditions that I work with that people come to me, they have lupus, people with multiple sclerosis, people with congestive heart failure and other forms of heart disease, asthma and, and other types of respiratory conditions, chronic sinusitis, congested sinuses, decades of migraines and other headaches and, and nerve pain disorders where years of, of terrible uh, nerve pain or numbness and, and weakness in the limbs and, and digestive disorders and thyroid disease and um, rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, we've had people come in with, we just helped somebody be able to talk and move again after a stroke, multiple mm. strokes. Uh, people with really just fibromyalgia and, and, and terrible pain problems. And, and even um, uh, with depression and with anxiety, even with decades of those different mood disorders, these are the common uh, conditions that I work with. Um, I did on my website, I have a long list on the website of different conditions. So I might have, I, I, another one is terrible bladder control disorders, people with incontinence. We have helped really like years of incontinence of bladder control problems that have evaporated rapidly. Uh, interstitial cystitis or bladder pain disorders, we've seen those disappear. Uh, and skin rashes were very, 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 um, um, when I mean like night and day for the person of incredible relief in such a rapid fashion, a relief of, 
of years, if months to years, more than decades, literally, of eczema and other kinds of skin disorders. The um, so that's a general overview. The the the, um, the common I'll say the common toxins that I find in people are the vaccines from childhood. Oh, wow. Very common. Antibiotics that they've used, I find those and get them out of them. Uh, the uh, anesthesia chemicals that are used for surgeries and, and the sedatives and, the, and the, uh, the, the opioids that are used in surgeries. I find these, all the different drugs that they're using to put somebody to sleep and knock them out to do a surgery, which obviously was necessary at the time. Uh, those chemicals I find in the organs, I find in the lymph, I find in the brain, I find in parts of the body that it's 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 causing that person to not be able to function normally until we get those chemicals out. I find uh, the anesthesia is from dentist work, the local anesthetic, that immediately we need the dentist to do the work in our mouth to drill into a tooth or pull a tooth or whatever the cases that they're going to do, but we find those in people a lot, almost every single day. I find those dental anesthesia chemicals in people. I'm not knocking the company or or the dentist either, not knocking them. We need them. Uh, I find pesticides and weed killer spray and herbicides and insecticides in people causing problems in the organ. Um, And heavy metals I find, and uh, I'm thinking mold toxins are very common as well. Toxins that come from molds, I find those everybody every single day uh mm-hmm. whatever the disease is and all these that i've mentioned from toxins and there may be more that i just didn't really mention right now but i find these very often in anybody whether it's a child to an adult uh, male man or woman uh younger older anywhere in the world doesn't even matter where they're coming from these different uh these different uh chemicals and these different in uh these literally poisons are, are getting stored in the human tissue. And, and uh, so we facilitate, we give them the proper treatment that facilitates, uh, helps the body facilitate the removal of them. The common infections, it's, it's really a wide range. I mean, anywhere, multiple different kinds of bacteria and different parasites and, uh, and viruses and fungus and mold. And, and um, uh, yeah, really that's, it's everything. It's everything. Mm-hmm. Most people, it's multiple it's multiple, even in one organ, it can be multiple different infections all at the same time driving the disease of that organ. So I have some questions here that ha- I've always wondered about. One is, what is it about, for example, when we go to the dentist and have that anesthesia, that why are our bodies holding on to certain things for so long? Because yes, we do have detox organs. We are capable of removing certain toxins. Is it just that these are foreign toxins that we don't maybe have the tools to eliminate or what is your two cents on that that's a great question and the way you put it is is it just that we just don't have the ability to remove because any toxin is foreign so that's first of all and i'll tell you something else i find in people is also this recent there's excessive iron deposits in tissues and also mineral sediment there's there's Mm -hmm. excess mineral accumulation i know that people can be minerally deficient i'm very clear about that i understand uh and i can go into that in a whole nother discussion of, uh, of, things, of something that brought me to understand that, but we can actually have a sediment of minerals that are deposited in the tissues as well. But getting back to answer your question, um, there was a study uh, done by the, I think it's called the Environmental Working Group. I think that's the proper name. EWG, yeah, the EWG. Right, the body burden. So that study in 2005, they proved in infants across the United States that there was 
287 toxic cancer-causing chemicals in babies at birth. Yeah. I mean, babies just came out of the mother. There was no disease of the baby. They were healthy. It was They were still attached to the umbilical cord. There was no Down syndrome, no birth defect of any kind. There was no illness, no rash, no thrush, no nothing wrong with the baby. They thought they were healthy. No vaccine given again. And these babies, any city, any state, any hospital across the U.S. in 2005, when they took the biopsy of the baby tissue, I'll repeat, 287 toxic cancer-causing chemicals in the babies at birth. And they found the same in the mother's umbilical cord blood. And these toxins are things like arsenic, lead, mercury, chlorine, fluoride, different antibiotics, pesticides, weed killer. They found plastic. They found styrofoam. They found diesel fuel, birth control pill residues. I haven't even mentioned 10 right there. So, and 287 in these babies. So the body is already overwhelmed when we're already just before we even put our foot on the planet and before the first vaccine, if your parents vaccinated you, but the first, most people do have some childhood vaccine most, but so then there's more burden put in with the vaccines that the body is not familiar with. And there's, and there's also, we get, you know, more things over time of if there's breastfeeding, which is good, but the breast milk may have toxins and infections in it as well. And, uh, and then we have some dental work and just think of your journey throughout life when we're picking right. fructose corn syrup and, and more and more and more. So the body is already under a great burden, even though we think we're functioning at a great pace because we're able to walk and run and develop properly and think and even get straight A's in schools and all those things. But it's, it's just, we already have that burden. So when we think that we're born with that, it's, it's already imprinted in our tissues, like a tattoo ink. If you got a tattoo at 20 years old, it's going to be there for the rest of your life without getting another tattoo needle put in your arm, let's say. So the body's already loaded with these toxins. And while we can, you know, while we do, let's say we have a liver that's working and we produce, you know, urine and, and we sweat, but there, unless somebody has been able to measure from, let's say, let's just say 10 years old, is there any chemical or any infection? Maybe the child also had ear infections as a little kid and they took a penicillin injection and other pills they gave them and, or her. And then um, people, you know, had diarrhea and they take like a Pepto-Bismol or, I mean, it's just, there's, there's a constant onslaught. There's, there's radon in a lot of the water in the soil. There's people are eating foods that are pumped with antibiotics in these animals. And just, there's just so much. So yeah, so we're we're not even starting with a clean slate, right. which can be disheartening. I think the positive message there is absolutely we can catch up and help the body release yeah. these, but there's two components of it. One is reducing the exposure of what's coming in, mm -hmm. those pathogens and pollutants, and then also upping our detox, our body's ability to detox. And I think the unfortunately the majority of us aren't really doing great on either side. We're putting a lot of stuff in and most people are pretty sedentary. They're not sweating heavily on a regular basis. They're not having regular bowel movements. And so we already have all these signs. Our detox system isn't working optimally. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of catching up to do, but yeah, that's really profound to hear just how many chemicals are there at birth. Yeah. You know, and then somebody had a surgery. I mean, there's, again, what I brought up earlier, that pollutants are put in. And somebody had a cavity filling out of pollutants, more pollutants are put in. And, and so people don't realize that there's, unless they're able to actually measure it and find it and make sure that it's gone from the organ or the body, the lymph, brain, they don't really know if, it, if the body's really cleaning it out. So let's say at 10 years old, somebody had a surgery, so tonsils taken out, which happens to people. 
somebody has a nose job later cosmetically, uh, somebody had a cavity filling or two or three or four, uh, braces put in. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that go on eating foods again, like you said, you know, try to reduce the burden of what's coming in. But over time, let's just say now 20, 30 years go by and somebody's got terrible back pain or somebody's got terrible fatigue, somebody's got terrible headaches, somebody can't sleep at night, somebody's depressed. And so, but it came on later in life and it's an accumulation of things over time that was, it created that tipping point where the body now just all of a sudden they're dealing with never ending back pain, for example, uh, or high blood pressure, for example. It's just because their body's just, it's, you know, it's I, I, one saying I give to people is, um, how often do you change your air filter in your house? And they're like, I don't have an air filter. People don't even realize, oh, I'm supposed to change it. So it's like one month or three months, right, to change an air filter. And so when was the last time you changed your liver? When was the last time you cleaned your lymph? When was the last time you cleaned your kidney, right? So it's it's an accumulation of so many things over time. And, and so, yeah, we've got to, you know, people can stop the disease from happening and reverse the disease when they can literally find these different poisons and infections and get them out of the body. And that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be tricky, I think, for many of them, especially with these chronic illnesses, because it's been sort of that death by a thousand cuts. And so it can be hard to, especially with conventional testing and that approach to actually pinpoint what's really going on. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head that it's so much of it boils down to the pathogens and the pollutants. So my next question for you is, because this is something I've pondered on for a while now, is we're all getting exposed to all these different things. What is your two cents on why does that overload on my body for me maybe present as Hashimoto's, whereas for this person over there, it presents as lupus? Is that where genetics comes in or is that, what's your two cents? Uh, well, genetics, when I studied, because I was running years ago, the genetic testing, and I really thought like, wow, listen, look at what I'm doing for people. I'm running genetic <laughs> test now. This is so important. Now I really feel like I'm smart. <laughs> and when I got the labs back, I was like, uh, what is this thing telling me? And I called and I spoke with the whoever the different doctors were in the labs that were supposed to be the ones who were the educational doctor who was the ones, here's the recommendation of what you should do for the person with this kind of genetic presentation. And I'll tell you, it was all the same of what I was already doing anyway. Take this antioxidant, take this vitamin, go out and get some sun or whatever, whatever it was. So um I started doing research about epigenetics. Have you heard that term? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's it. So with the epigenetics, they prove that it's the environment. It's not the genetic theory because you can have a breast cancer gene. Unfortunately, you can have a breast cancer gene, but never get breast cancer. And so, for example, so the epigeneticists are talking about it's the environment, the EMFs, the infections, the chemicals, the emotions that drive the disease in the person. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that, um, you know, let's say that, I, I just, I don't really know why one person would get Hashimoto's or one person would get lupus or one would get MS. I do. I think about that all the time. Yeah. I wonder why. And by the way, no one, no one, no one knows, but I love to ask the question. I, I know, but, but there's definitely, it's definitely the burden on the body and one disease or another. It's still all basically the same thing. It's just, it happened in that unique way to that one person. Right. What I wonder sometimes, and this is all just theorizing in my own mind, is potentially this could be where epigenetics turns in. Maybe I had a gene that was made my liver weak and then all of this environment, blah, blah, blah. And now my liver's been 
that gene has been turned on because of my environment. But the other thing I wonder is just like organs have frequencies, so too do emotions. And I will probably get to this later down the road too, but is this maybe also where our emotional past and the trauma comes in of if I've been holding on to the emotion of grief for a long, long time, it's going to make certain organs not function as well, which makes it more predisposed to get a certain illness, right? This is my theory. <laughs> yeah. Or one one factor that could be determining why this person, their thing manifested as that illness versus that person. I can tell you what I figured out. Tell me. Okay. Um, and I'm going back to when I first was in college, I took psychology because I was, I had to take it as a prerequisite to get into the chiropractic school I went to. So psychology was, wasn't a choice. I mean, it kind of was because that's what I wanted to go to school for. But the psychology, I just realized that people have different emotional disorders. I didn't, I didn't live with depression or anxiety. Nobody in my family did. So I wasn't familiar with it from that aspect. But I became a bit familiar from school. And then in chiropractic school, it was interesting that psychiatry we had to take. We had to take a couple of courses in psychiatry to understand not how to prescribe a drug. Obviously, chiropractors don't do that, but understand that people do have these different mood disorders and there are drugs and be familiar what medications they're on. And if somebody's in a certain serious state, who to refer them to? You know, mm. it, it wasn't the chiropractor who's going to fix the person's bipolar disorder or manic depression or something, but realize what meds they're on and so on. Just be familiar with it. Okay. So years later, when I started in the functional medicine arena and people were coming to me with Hashimoto's or with diabetes or with nerve pain problems, there were people who presented also with depression or anxiety. And I, while I was trying, because I first taken my first neurochem weekend course and I was exposed to the different types of, um, there were certain questionnaires they gave us and I was exposed to different supplements that are supposed to help to like GABA and others that are supposed to really help the person's brain function better. And in the, now fast forward, because people were not getting better from depression with those supplements, they were not getting better from anxiety with the supplements, they were not getting better from these different terrible mood disorders or living in grief for so many years from somebody who died or something they did wrong or they felt like it was wrong to cheat on their wife or whatever, or their child had passed away, unfortunately, early on from a car crash or something. I didn't really have the tools at that time to, to figure it out. And again, the supplements were not doing it, the gluten-free diet didn't do it. And okay. So, and trying to exercise the brain with certain functional neurology methods and it, it just wasn't working so fast forward to the neurochemistry program i took and and the neuroimmunology was part of that neurochemistry so the immunologist infections and chemicals driving the disorder and then in any part of the body therefore any part of the body you can get an infection in the brain and makes and somebody can let's say mold in the brain or a virus in the brain it can make them depressed it's like oh that's that's i never heard that before and in the last course of that neurochemistry program, the doctor said uh, a different physician, there were about six different physicians who were teaching us. He said, you know, don't try to be the vitamin uh, medical uh, replacement. Don't try to replace the person's depression medication with a vitamin because you think you're going to support their serotonin or, but they're doing okay. They're not going to, you know, I mean, this is serious things that people are dealing with. They're dealing with, they could maybe unfortunately somebody might be so weak where they might kill themselves right and you don't you don't want to be responsible if that happens you don't want to be responsible for ethically you don't want to sleep you can't sleep at night if that happened under your care but also legally you don't want to be responsible 
for 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 that. So anyway, he said, look for the cause. If you could find the cause of what you heard from the immunologist, look for the cause of the disease and try to get rid of that cause, and then maybe you'll see the disease disappear. Don't think that you're going to give somebody a dopamine support supplement and that's going to fix their Parkinson's symptoms. Find the cause. So again, all of this in my mind as I'm going through working with people, I'll tell you what I discovered. And this is about six years ago because I was trying with an emotional uh, through, one of my mentors was a biochemist, uh, and he was teaching, he's the one who I learned muscle testing really through, and he was teaching this emotional repolarization technique. And people would certain muscle test if they didn't love themselves or they didn't forgive themselves or whatever the statements were, uh, that we would, that we were doing this emotional exam. I would send them home with the strategy that he taught. That was the right, supposedly the right way to fix their subconscious and get them to love themselves again. So they had to come back on their follow-up exam. We're going, this is, this is, this, what I'm talking about now, when I was doing it this way, this was probably like eight or so years ago. And people come back from, from there for their follow-up exam. And I would have them do that same, that same emotional muscle test. And I, and it came up like they were stronger. And I was like, okay, but I don't see them physically changing. Mm-hmm. They love themselves now or they forgive themselves, but they're still depressed. Well, what's maybe it's just one piece of the puzzle and I just got to do more work for them. Okay. So there was a patient who came in with this now with the frequencies of the samples of the parts of the brain and the everything that I'm talking about that I'm doing now, which I describe it in a bit better detail on my website and in my book that's on my website. So without getting into all of that right now, because that takes me a long, maybe 40 or 60 minute discussion, (laughs) people understand, but I'll tell you that. A couple brought their daughter down here from New Jersey. I'm down in South Southeast Florida. She was 15, beautiful girl. They found, and she was popular in school and she was an A student and she's a musician and she was cutting herself and she was hiding in the room at this point. She wasn't going to school. She didn't want to go to school yelling at her parents and she was all depressed. And they thought she was going to commit suicide because they found the cut marks on her arms. And so they already been through other Lyme treatments and other kinds of, well, all the other treatments. And so anyway, they come down here to Florida. I do the first exam. And I sent her home. Here's your protocol. Here's your remedies. Here's your emotional repolarization strategy. She comes back. She's still depressed. She's still cutting herself. It's not working. I'll t- a light bulb went off in my brain. I'm always taking a person, you know, with muscle testing because you've been involved doing something along that line, right? So from weak to strong, it's always split to see what can improve the body function. And I'll, I'll get to the point I found with her, I just a light bulb went off of how I can merge two things that I was doing together. And I found with a test when I had her say, I love myself, and I find that she was weak to that statement, that means that she was not telling the truth. I found that it was the frontal lobe of her brain had the influenza virus in it. That was the map. Okay. I had her say it again. Now the body's acting like the influenza virus was gone from the frontal lobe while she's connected to my equipment. Mm-hmm. I diagnosed the body acting like that's gone. I had her say it again. I love myself. And it still wasn't true. So I went again, what part of the brain or body? And that was her stomach with a parasite. I had her say it again. Now it was true. I, mm-hmm. I forgive myself. It wasn't true. Why? And I found a part of the brain with an infection, part of the body with an infection. I had her say, I forgive myself. Now it was true. I had her say, I forgive myself for not loving myself. That wasn't true. And now I found, again, what I just said, like an infection in the brain. So I sent her home with this protocol. They come back in two months. She's fixed. Depression, hmm. no more hiding, playing her music, going out with friends again, going on a trip to go to another, but they were going to Greece or something. She was all happy. No more cutting herself. Everything was fixed. Done. And I said, I really stumbled onto something. This makes sense. 
So I developed over time. So that's the bottom line is what makes it happen is that there's, there's, it's like you, and I developed a whole big, awesome emotional exam system. Uh, so I'm seeing people with depression, dis- the, the, the depression disappears from their life. The anxiety disappears. And yes, the, the emotions for the person do also, they're also connected, overlapping the different symptoms. So somebody could have anxiety and cause stomach pain or bladder pain or right. female reproductive monthly cycle disorder, right? Of menstrual cramps or something. Get rid of the anxiety, gets rid of the menstrual cramps, for example. And, and I, there's a long list. I can go on for a long time about that, but I will tell you that. It is what I what I have now found, and it's not a belief, it's a knowing it now because I see these different mood disorders just stop and people getting off meds and uh, even from heart disease and other things that are overlapping this with the emotions. And you're 100% right with that. It, there is a big overlap with the emotion to other disease in the body and other symptoms in the body. And what I found is that it's it's that the infection gets into the brain, for example, and it that infection drives the brain and the brain is no longer under control of the person sue doesn't control the brain anymore it's the mold that's in the brain that's driving the brain to act that way and when we get rid of the mold from the brain for example the whole mood problem stops and even a pain in the body can stop and that's basically mm-hmm. the bottom line what i found it's the infections and or chemicals could be there driving the chemical imbalance in the brain serotonin deficiency and so on and, but when we get rid of these infections and even chemicals, but when we get rid of that, it's just like it's night and day for the person, night and day. Yeah, I can totally see that. One of the tenets of my business is at some point we need to address emotional health, physical health, and spiritual health if we want to be able to really achieve our optimal state of being. And so that's why I told you before we started, I focus primarily on the emotions, but that's why like, I'm in the middle of a naturopathic program because I want to know how the body works because, right, if we have an infection, it's going to affect our emotions. And likewise, if we have some emotions going on, it can affect our physiology. So there's a there's a reciprocity there mm-hmm. that we can't work around. And if we're only ever looking at one piece of that puzzle, we're only ever going to get so far. You're right. You know, when you think of correct, 100%, I agree with you, 100%. You know, when you think of the, um, of the epigenetics uh, that that topic again, that science. Uh, they also talk. You know, we have the human microbiome. You've heard of all the bacteria that mm-hmm. we have the body. We have a virome also. We have viruses as part of our DNA. So yes, the emotional trauma can trigger the dormant virus that was in the brain to turn on. Right. Yeah. So we're able to make the connection with this and shut it down. I mean, we've had people come in who were molested as kids. People who were tortured, literally tortured, they were, they thought they were going to die because their parents were just, let's just say, very bad environments. And uh, so they were living years for years with with that emotional a tattoo, so to speak, that stamp, if you will, in their brain, that embedded horrible situation for 40, 50 years, 60 years of their life. And it turned on dormant viruses that were in the brain and in the lungs causing asthma for years. And, and yeah, so making the connection, you're right, it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know we're running out of time here and I want to be respectful of your time, but I do want to ask quickly, when it comes to now, we've identified pathogens, we've identified pollutants, now it's time to help support the release from the body. I know this is super bio-individual. You could probably have a whole interview on detoxing and removing these things, but what, just broadly speaking, what does that look like? Because I'll speak to my own experience, which is two years ago, I had a breast cancer scare, 
did all the bioenergetic testing, had tons of stuff, of course, obviously. And I went on all these detox protocols, but the Herx reactions from that were unbelievable. My body, acne all over my back, clogged lymph, all these different things. And so how do you support that release of those toxins? Well, first, if I can say congratulations, because you're still here. So I have a feeling, and you didn't say that you fix yourself, but I have a feeling that you're better. Regular checkup. So speaking of genetics, I do have the ATM gene for breast cancer. Um, now, knowing what I know, I know that my environment can decide whether that gene gets turned on or off mm. or not. But I did have surgery to have the lump removed, and now it's kind of just keeping tabs on it. But definitely from that more preventative side of, yeah, there's a reason cancer shows up. It's not random. Mm. So thank you. Yes. Yeah, so good. It's nice. Um, I'm glad you're okay. The uh, um, I will tell you that we have a, a video that I'm putting up in the next day or two, which will be on my YouTube channel. And I will try to link it to my website uh, where a woman who had two masses in her right breast and three in the left, they're gone now, no surgery and no other treatment at all. Just mm. And it wasn't diagnosed as a metastatic cancer. They were diagnosed as masses in the breast. She never had a biopsy yet. The masses are gone. And uh, so uh, again, we can get into any tissue in the body and, and do this work. So what does it look like? And what you said, the Herxheimer, there are times that people do go through these different, very stressful periods, the aggravations, I call them in the healing process. And let's just say that a treatment you were doing was getting rid of an infection from your body, like a candida was coming out. It can make it look like pimples on the back. And it was just that leaving the infection, leaving the body, perhaps that's mm -hmm. why that was happening. Excuse me. Uh, even a fatigue, uh, you know, it, it's common. So these aggravations are common, right? but they don't have to last a long time when the body is getting rid of really getting rid of the infection under a chemical that's causing the disease it does happen to people so with like a fatigue or a rash or a or a headache can happen or a sinus congestion can happen or they can throw up or they can have diarrhea because uh, the body has got to the body's going to rid when we give it the information to get rid of that infection or chemical it's going to push it out some way and it has to come out of the body because there's no other mm -hmm. way the body will not contain what we're telling it to get rid of with this work it's going to get rid of it it's like a volcano the earth mother nature powerful it's, we're going to have that eruption we don't want to be in that mountain when it happens but we know if we watch the movie and from the volcano from you know some other part of the world it's like wow that's fascinating look at that beautiful mother nature right so the body is doing the same thing to release its pressure of things that are built up that are hurting the body what can we do though to reduce the length of time and possibly even bypass that herxheimer type of or that that aggravation we can make remedies of uh, at certain strength levels or potencies of let's say the skin let's say we found that there was candida in the stomach for example and with and certain steps that, that I've created in, in my method strategy in my exam, I can find that it's the, the infection from the stomach is going to come out through the skin. So we can follow mm -hmm. up with a skin and candida remedy. So now when the candida is coming through the skin, take that remedy, it's going to knock it out really fast. So instead of it lasting two, three, four, five, seven, 10, 12 days, it might only last like a half a day. And then it just calms down and starts to disappear pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, we can support with, with formulas or remedies for the adrenal gland or for the capillaries or the veins of the body or the lymph or, or or anything really so it helps these other types of supportive remedies help to reduce that type of aggravation that you're talking about 
through yeah. Yeah. not even totally eliminated from even occurring. Yeah, I get it. It's it's a response. I do think like mine was so intense. And I do think if we had eased into the detox a little bit, it wouldn't have been so intense. Maybe. Um, you know, it's me. But yeah. And sometimes yeah. there are just other blocked pathways that we have to figure out. But, right. but there's, you know, if we clear up those pathways yeah. first, maybe it'd be much easier on the person. Exactly. But it's also, you know, you're, 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 we're just, you and I, we're, we're human. We're doing the right thing to help people. And people, and I say that there are people with puzzles that are so huge sometimes that it's just, you got to just do your best and keep getting better at the skill set and, and, and figure out which pattern is the best to, to go with first to enter mm-hmm. the body and find what's causing the disease and which, which way we can bring it out of the body. So, uh, but the, the more work that we do, the more that we observe, the more that we want to help people, the better that we can get to reduce that, that stressful experience that they have. That's so neat. I, I totally get what you were saying at the beginning that this, what you do can be really difficult to explain. So I'll definitely make sure just for the listeners, check out your website. It'll be linked in the show notes. You have a lot of information there, your YouTube as well, and a lot of testimonials on there, which is wonderful. I was watching a few of them. So I'll definitely point people to go check all of that out. But Dr. Herman, thank you so much. Thank you. I really- you don't hear a lot of doctors doing this kind of, using this kind of method this kind of approach. I do. I hope my hope is that years to come, this is going to be commonplace. Mm. We're not there yet, but I've seen how impactful it can be for me doing bioenergetic testing. It sounds like what you're doing is on a whole other level entirely. And so just thank you so much for being willing to share that with all of us. Yeah, You're welcome. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share with your audience and, um, and uh, give me the time to speak here. And I love what I do. And it's, it's, we eat it, we sleep it, we breathe it. And uh, it's the most important thing. I love helping people. And I, again, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to speak to your audience. Thank you so much.